This is Igris. Today we're looking at a letter from Chaf Zion Cheshvan from the year Tavshin Lamedalet, exactly 50 years ago, give or take. The letter is Yud Tav Tav Kuf Ches, and it is a heavy letter. It's a heavy letter. Uh, it's about miscarriages. And the Rebbe is explicit that the person in this particular letter, in this particular case, had made a mistake in Taras Mishpacha. And as we'll see, when this person pushes back and says, I'm sure I made no mistake, the Rebbe goes, no, I'm sure you did. So this part of the letter, the top part of the letter, which is negative miscarriages, and explains to a woman who had suffered a miscarriage that she had done something in Taras Mishpacha, certainly, that had caused it and that she needed to fix it before it happens again, it is super important to note that that is one of these letters and part of one of these letters that uh, that is not a herad l'rabim. Uh, this this does not mean that every woman who has a miscarriage has made a mistake in Taras Mishpacha at all. As a matter of fact, as the Rebbe notes in this very letter, and we're going to read it inside, several big tzaddikim have had miscarriages, several big tzaddikim were born after miscarriages. It's not always that, but in this case, it absolutely was. So we're going to read that with an understanding that this is not a universal message, and we're going to look at the bottom uh, for what I think is a much more universal message that we're going to develop as a shita from the Rebbe, a complicated shita from the Rebbe in the shir itself. Uh, the spoiler for the end is that we're going to get down to the discussion of whether it's allowed, whether it's encouraged to have betachen in the Rebbe, as opposed to betachen in Hashem. And we're going to see the Rebbe address this from a couple different angles, and we're going to bring in Reb Mendel Futtafas, who had a big fabrengen, reconciled the apparent, the, the apparent differences in the Rebbe's Torah regarding how much or if any betachen a chassid can have in a Rebbe, how much trust one can have in a Rebbe. So first of all, we're going to do the miscarriage stuff. So the Rebbe writes, and there's a bunch of information below the line, says here that this is written on the margin of a letter that the Rebbe received that same year about a woman who had Rahman al-Latzlan, had a miscarriage, and after she'd received a letter from the Rebbe and his bracha, saying that if she kept Taras and Mishpacha, she wouldn't have to worry about another miscarriage, she got the letter, apparently she was more careful in Taras and Mishpacha, and she had another miscarriage. So she wrote to the Rebbe again and said, it, it happened again, what should I do? And the Rebbe didn't answer. So she wrote to the Rebbe a third time and said, why haven't you answered me? And this is the letter that he wrote back in response. So the Rebbe's answer. First of all, I'm repeating myself again. <laughs> I'm going to tell you the same thing I told you last time, too. When you, you and your husband, will learn all of the details of Taras Mishpacha with a man or a woman who knows all of the laws, it will become clear to you what you did not keep. The Rebbe is emphatic here that they didn't keep something and that it will be clear to them if they learn the dinim properly with somebody who really knows the dinim. If you don't already know it, which is the Rebbe implying that perhaps she already does know and has not been willing to admit that she knows. So the if you really don't know, then learn the dim again with somebody and they will point it out. But there's an implication here that perhaps the Rebbe thinks she does know. I'm going to mention you by the Friedrich Rebbe's uh, oil one more time. He doesn't say one more time. He says another time. Four, Hatam. Uh, the reasons, because she wrote to the Rebbe saying, why does this keep happening to me? The Rebbe says... First of all, I mean, for the reasons, it's anything on this list or or some of the things on the following list. These are the reasons why you are having miscarriages. And once again, not this was to her. Number one, this is close to a I'm going to show you a few other letters very briefly, where in frequently after miscarriages, the Rebbe told people they had to be more careful of Taras Mishpacha. So this is uh, this is close to a He says, uh, be careful of some details that were not kept in Taras Mishpacha. He gives her a couple other reasons why she might be having trouble having a baby. Reason number two, uh, or a baby that lives. Many, many of the Jewish people, and among them, G'dayli Yisrael, only gave birth after, or, or were born, excuse me, were born only after their parents had already had a miscarriage. 
So another reason is just this is something that happens. A lot of Jews have miscarriages. A lot of Gedalim were born after miscarriages. It might just be part of life. And in addition to that, it might be what heralds the birth of a big, of a, of a, of a Gadol Yisrael. Reason number three. Maybe one member of the of the uh, husband-wife team or both of them said firmly after she had already become pregnant that they either were that they regretted keeping Taras Mishpacha or that they regretted having the child. Saying, not just saying it in passing, the Rebbe says saying betekif, saying betekif in a strong way that they regret the pregnancy, they regret having kept Taras Mishpacha. These are things that can cause a miscarriage. Reason number four, and this is the one that I want to focus on for the majority of this year. Look at that. It says, they are they have forgotten that Hashem, the couple has forgotten that Hashem is the source of all brachas, and he's the one who gives birth, and they've believed only in humans who are basavidam, flesh and blood, and then he puts a comma and says, be, me, they believed in me. So the Rebbe says, one of the reasons why you're having a problem with miscarriages is you've stopped believing in Hashem, that he's the one who's going to help you, and you've started believing in mortals, specifically in me. And belief in me is one of the reasons why you're having trouble. Now, I don't want to spend too much time on other letters about miscarriages, but I will point out, I brought you two of them here in the source sheet that I gave you. In both of them, he mentions similar in Yonim. He mentions that they have to be more careful about Taras Mishbacha, which is something that I think comes to a Hayra Rabbim, comes close to a Hayra Rabbim, that if a person's having any regular problem in anything that has to do with fertility, that have his go-to messages, be more careful with Taras Mishbacha. Another thing that I've mentioned in this letter, this is Gimel Tav Tav Lamed Aleph from the year Tav Shin Tez Zion. We're just going to look at this paragraph. He says, uh, There's other advice that we see from the Rebbe frequently when marriages or anything relating to a marriage is not going well. The Rebbe says you should check if maybe in your Shidduch you ended up offending somebody else. I think that's Lush and Or maybe if you, uh, you, uh, you say curses about people, the opposite of Brachas, you may be more careful about how you talk. Maybe they aren't people who keep their achlatas every time. There's another thing that Rebbe says might be an issue, that they make achlatas, then they don't keep them. So they should try to make achlatas and keep them. The Rebbe gives only three pieces of advice here that we don't see in a lot of other letters, specifically to combat the problem of miscarriage. But then he adds, you should also see a doctor, which is very important. And then we have some of the classic advice down here to check tefillin, check mezuzahs, and to uh, make sure she gives tzedakah before lakasneris, and that he should give tzedakah before davening. And this is the Rebbe's advice to another couple who had been suffering miscarriages. Quick review of that, because again, I'm flying through these so we can get to the stuff about the betachan in a Rebbe. He says here, um, make sure you didn't offend anybody in your shidduch. Make sure that you're not cursing, pe- cursing people. Make sure that you are keeping all of your achlotas. Make sure you see a doctor. And make sure you check your mezuzahs and tefillin, and that she lights Shabbos candles and gives, uh, and gives tzedakah before her Shabbos candles, and you give tzedakah before davening. We have another letter somewhat similar to this. It's Dalid Tav Tav Chav Dalid from the year Tavshin Yud Zion. Again, somebody writes to the Rebbe about miscarriages. And again, the Rebbe gives similar answers. If I can find the one paragraph I wanted to show you. We're not going to look for too long. You can look in that letter. It's in your package. There is more of the similar advice. In this letter, also, he mentions Taras Mishbacha. So we have a couple general rules for how the Rebbe um, faces the problem of miscarriage. He tells him to focus on the mitzvahs that are shayach to miscarriage, to focus on the mitzvahs or the possible avedas that are shayach to the shidduch and their marriage. He also gives some specific advice about how they uh, about lack of betachin. And in our particular letter, about... Regretting, excuse me, about regretting the birth, regretting the pregnancy, regretting Taras Mishpacha. These are all things that can sometimes contribute to miscarriage. Of course, the part that I'm most interested in is this one line at the very bottom, that this 
Zug, this, uh, this couple, Shachlu, they've forgotten that Hashem is the source of all blessings. Benesnan, he's the one who gives the blessings. My first thought when I read this was, what exactly is the Rebbe's problem with us believing in him? Uh, why do I ask that question? Because the classic Sicha that was, uh, that was from the second day of Shavuos of Tavshin, that is the incorrect date, is from Tavshin Yud. I'm just editing the page. From Tavshin Yud, where the Rebbe defines the Rebbe as being as being the essence of God in a physical body. You would think that that would be something worth believing in. I have the quote here. It's a classic. The Rebbe says, Rebbe, who is Rebbe is someone who is connected to the eternal God of Mela, and therefore automatically, so for us, all that matters is connecting to the Rebbe. We don't worry about connecting to God because the Rebbe is connected to God completely. So we can connect to the Rebbe. We don't have to worry about connecting to God. By way of connecting to the Rebbe, we connect to We connect to the highest level of Hashem. As the Rebbe says in other places, a Rebbe is a mutzim, a mutzim, a chaber. He's a connector, but he's a connector that connects two things, not one that becomes an, a, a, a distinguished piece, uh, sort of like a, a melding force between us and Ensef Baruch Hu. You would think that connecting to the Rebbe, trusting in the Rebbe, believing in the Rebbe, is something that works as well as connecting to God directly, at least from that Tzicha. And the Rebbe himself says this about Rebbeim. Despite the fact that this is the standing assumption, uh, when, it, when you come out of that Tzicha, that it'd be okay to believe in Basav Adam. And you wouldn't necessarily think, you know, I'm sure people say this all the time, I'm sure I hear this all the time, that they trust that the Rebbe will take care of the problem, they trust that the Rebbe will take care of this, this is the Rebbe Zacharias. Uh, the Rebbe seems very uncomfortable with this in our letter. says the problem is that they're trusting in Basav Adam and not trusting in, in me, they're trusting in me and not trusting in Hashem. In a lot of other places, it looks like that's sort of what it is to be a chassid. Where you really see this fall into stark contrast is in a very famous sicha from Yud Gimel Tishrei of Tavshin Mem Gimel. Is anybody old enough to remember Tavshin Mem Gimel? It's possible. I don't know. In any event, yeah? Would you remember the sicha? Were you there at the time? You don't remember it. It's a very long... I was 11 story. years old. Okay. So, yeah, maybe, so you, might, you might remember the scene. <laughs> there was a sicha from Tavshin Yud Gimel Tishrei of Tavshin Mem Gimel where the Rebbe complained at length. I mean, at length, at length. It goes on for like 10 pages about people looking at him during davening. And the reason why this is a key sicha for our discussion is that Rebbe repeatedly refers to himself as Bas of Adam and repeatedly says, I want you thinking about God and not about flesh and blood, which sounds a lot like what's going on in our letter. I can't read this whole sicha to you. It'll take us, take us literally an hour, but I pulled out some of the most important sections. The Rebbe says, What is the kavana of tefillah dalif neyatam? You're supposed to know who you're standing in front of. You're supposed to be thinking about Hashem during davening. And this thing is so important. He begat the chiyav It's together, it's at least within the realm of a Torah obligation during davening to at least be thinking about the fact that you're in front of Hashem. The entire back and forth about whether tefillah itself, davening, is deraisa derabanan, that only applies before you start davening. Which means that there's a halachic discussion whether I have a chiv to daven shachris. So before I start davening, we can have a discussion whether I had to in the first place. Once I've decided to daven, and I say, blessed are you, God. It's very interesting, says the Rebbe. We can have a, we can have a debate over whether tefillah is daraisa. But once you choose to daven, we know for sure that it is Torah mandated that you only daven to Hashem. So that when you say Baruch Atah Hashem, you're thinking about God and nobody else. That's a Torah obligation. Says the Rebbe, it's understood that this is an essential part of tefillah. Long before you've learned, all of these 
Deep beats the pieces of Chassidus on how to daven. Sharn Yonish Chassidus. Avil Ibn Neshel Emdes Amaimer Hamishna Einam Nispalim Teich Kevid Rosh. Even before you learn the expression in the Mishnah, you should only daven with sincerity or with uh, with a Kevid Rosh, with a seriousness. Yodim Kvar Shvishasat Tfilat Tzichum Lachshavet Is Kadosh Baruch Hu. The first thing you need to know is that when you daven, you have to think only about Hashem. But Pashvus Kasher Mechanech Yaliv Kaptan Lemem Medan of the Fanecha. And so when we teach a small child to say Medan of the Fanecha, Maspiedim Leish Vishas Maisa Alav Lachshavet Is Kadosh Baruch Hu. We teach him he has to think about Hashem. He came in Shuhu Penel Kadosh Baruch Hu Lemem Medan. The, the first thing we teach kids is that they daven to Hashem. Now the Rebbe, I cut out a big section in the middle. The Rebbe says, after all of this introduction about the importance of thinking about Hashem during davening, there has become a seder here. When we all get together to daven, rather than davening in a seder and thinking about Hashem, they want to look at and they do it in a stubborn way without stopping. So the Rebbe is referring to the phenomenon in 770. People would gather there to daven and instead of looking in their seders and davening, they would look at the Rebbe the entire time. He says, this is uh, how did this happen? This is the Seder now in our area. More than, more than that. This has become the defining factor of what it is to be a real Chassid. The bigger the Chassid is, the Rebbe says it's gotten to the point where if you want to show you're a real Chassid, you're not allowed to stop looking at, at Basavidam, the Rebbe is saying himself, for the entire time of Tvila. Says the Rebbe. There's a din in Shulchan Aruch, says the Rebbe, that it is impossible to think two thoughts at once. He then has a little digression here where he says that the Rebbe Maharash was able to think two thoughts at once, but this was a pella by him because normal people cannot. He continues. When it comes to us, we have to think about Hashem. It's impossible when you're thinking about Hashem to also be thinking about whether some individual at the front of the room has moved his right or left hand, which is what they were doing with the Rebbe. Watching every small motion this not just looking that you're not just looking at the Rebbe, just passingly looking at him while you're like you know passing around the room. You see him for a second. This is them putting their minds, investing their minds in the Rebbe. He's using the Lashon Tanya uses to describe Das. Nice. So they won't miss any detail or any movement. So the Rebbe here says. And that he is very, he's very upset by the fact that people are staring at Bas of Adam during davening, staring at a person, because he says that, first of all, the most important part of davening is thinking about Hashem. Whether or not it's Daraisa to daven, it's for sure Daraisa to only think about Hashem during davening. And here, and we know for sure you can't think about two things at once. Since you can't think about two things at once, if you're thinking about me, you're not thinking about Hashem, and this is an enormous problem, so you got to stop looking at me. So this is a very harsh sikh. Again, it goes on for like 10 pages. And it, again, it sounds like our letter. Stop trusting in me, start trusting in Hashem. But it doesn't sound at all like this idea that is central to our understanding of what a Rebbe is in Chabad, I think very specifically in Chabad, that a Rebbe represents Atzmas Amos, that he's Mekoshed Atzmas Amos, and therefore we can connect to a Rebbe and not have to worry so much about Atzmas Amos, how do you how do you reconcile that with the Rebbe saying, don't look at me on Basar Vidam, the Rebbe saying, don't trust in me on Basar Vidam, it doesn't sound like that principle in connecting to the Rebbe. Remendel Futtafas, immediately after this Fabrengen, uh, after Yud Gimel Tishrei of Mem Gimel, he gathered everybody together and he gave a very long Fabrengen. And it's printed only, the, the bottom line and not the Fabrengen is printed in the book Reb Mendel. I don't know if anybody ever published notes from this Fabrengen, but the bottom line is in the Fabrengen and I think it's incredibly instructive. This is an excerpt from the book Reb Mendel. 
So after the Rebbe spoke with great pain in the Sech of Yud Gimel Tishrei Tavshim Nen Gimel Al Kach about the fact Shemestaklim Alav Veshas Tefilim Makim Listakim Besider the people are looking at him during davening instead of in a Seder the Chavan Perishim is and they're not focusing on what the words mean Mistaklim Abbasav Adam that they're staring at Abbasav Adam Hisvad Ben Mendel Kalalayla Ben Mendel gave a fabrangin that went the entire night the Rebbe's and Ben Mendel's bottom line Hudiber Edes Hachisar Nagadol what is the real problem here Shemestaklim Al Rebbe Kivasav Adam that they're looking at the Rebbe as though he is. So I, I read somewhere else where somebody expanded upon this a little bit. I'll tell you exactly what Reb Mendel means, and I'll show you how I think you could be medayik that in the, in the sicha itself. The Rebbe is not complaining, according to Reb Mendel, that we're staring at him. The Rebbe is complaining that we see him as some sort of holy man. And if he's some sort of holy man, there is somebody standing between us and God, and we're not thinking about God, we're thinking about the holy guy at the front of the room. But if we adopt this perspective, that is that a Rebbe is not Basav Adam, that I'm not looking at flesh and blood, I'm not looking at a physical person, I'm not even looking, and I'm not, I'm not really noticing how his hands are moving or what his beard looks like. I'm not focusing on the person, I'm focusing on the fact that this is something that is Mekusher, to and if I am connected to that, I can be connected to, the Rebbe is not complaining about that, says Rebbe Mendel. The Rebbe is complaining about the fact that people stare at him like he's a person. This would definitely work with our letter. Because in our letter, he says they've forgotten that Hashem is the Makar of the Brachas and they're trusting Basav Adam, they're trusting me. What if they're Hainuhach, right? If the Rebbe himself represents Hashem, then trusting the Rebbe is trusting Hashem. But if you see the Rebbe as being some person who you can trust instead of Hashem, that's one of the reasons why you're having trouble. You can actually see this in the Rebbe Sicha a little bit. I think I know what Rebendo was, how could I know? I, I suspect this is what Rebendo was medayakin, is this section right here, where the Rebbe says, you can't have two thoughts in your head at once. You can't be thinking of Hashem and also thinking about me. And the Rebbe is complaining about the fact that they're trying to think about him and also think about Hashem, and it's just not going to work. Says Reb Mendel, don't make, the, don't make the differentiation. Don't think about Hashem and think about the Rebbe. Think about one thing exactly and connect them completely. Because if you see the Rebbe as separate from Hashem, then you created an idol. And if you see the Rebbe as one with Hashem, then you haven't done that at all. This goes back on the Rebbe's uh, explanation in a couple places about how we go to the oil and how we uh, how we write a pan and how we connect to a Rebbe in general without it being a mamutza, because it is also for us to do shittuf. It's also for us to dive into a Rebbe, God forbid. It's also for us to dive into a person. It's also for us to ask Bakashas to write letters to a person. How exactly, instead of God, how exactly are we doing it? And the Rebbe's recurring answer was that if you see the Rebbe as a person, if you see the Rebbe as a, as a tzaddik who's separate from Hashem and is going to help you connect to Hashem, then this is a form of Avedazara. It's a form of Shittuf. But if you see the entire Jewish people as one body and you're just part of that same body and the Rebbe is the head and you're the foot and the foot says to the head, hey, tell scream out because I stubbed my toe, then that's not you making a mamutza, that's a mamutza mechaber. That's, uh, that's, that's the Rebbe's part of you, the Rebbe's part of Hashem, you're part of Hashem, you're part of the Rebbe. If you see everything as completely one, then relaying things up the ladder isn't a hashkafic problem or a halachic problem. But if you don't see things that way, which apparently is the way most people don't see things that way, they see the Rebbe as an individual, as a mortal. We had this discussion in Shul recently. We talk, I remember surely a couple, maybe uh, six months ago, uh, we were talking about the fact that there was, uh, there was somebody saying, that, uh, that we have to have a little Rahmanas on the Rebbe and at least sometimes see him as a human. I would argue that if you do that, you better not look at him during davening. <laughs> because if you're seeing the Rebbe as a human, uh, and if you're seeing the Rebbe, if you're seeing the Rebbe as Bas of Adam, the Rebbe's Hera is explicit. Do not look at me during davening, I'm Bas of Adam. Don't trust in me, I'm Bas of Adam. Don't relate to me that way, I'm Bas of Adam. But if you don't see the Rebbe as Bas of Adam, Reb Mendel says, it's open season. You absolutely can relate to the Rebbe on these levels, the Cher in a way of Betachan, certainly in a way of even looking at during davening, if you don't see the Rebbe, in fact, as 
Basav Adam. Uh, this is only one approach. I'm very interested in hearing if people have other approaches. There certainly is, Reb Mendel aside, there certainly is what appears to be a stira in the Rebbe's explanation of a Rebbe, because the Rebbe is very clear that he doesn't want people looking at Basav Adam. He doesn't want people trusting in Basav Adam, and also very clear in other places that a Rebbe is not Basav Adam. So, uh, so I'm interested in hearing if anybody has alternate explanations beyond what Reb Mendel says, but at least from one very famous mashpia, we do have an explanation for this possible stira. Okay, I'm done.